Who cares? That's how I get through a match. I don't know if Luke had yeah. one or if he can share one that a teammate Let's find had. Out. Let's find um, out. Because, yeah, let's bring in Luke Wilson, our TSN NFL analyst. How you doing, Luke? I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know if I could be doing any better. <laughs> <laughs> What's going okay, on, did... buddy? What's happening? Where are you at these I'm days? Just, I'm out here. I'm in, in Manhattan Beach right now. I just got out of a little late lunch. You know, I mean, life is good over here. It is a little, you know, it's 67 degrees Fahrenheit right now, so not typical L.A. weather, but I, I've heard Toronto is a little chilly these days. Luke, do not rub it in any of our faces. By the way, did you cycle today? I did, and I've got another a two-hour uh, two-hour ride coming up right after this conversation. So I'm pretty excited about that as well. You well, know, Luke's trying to get to the Paris Olympics, right? He's getting there. Believe me, we, if we have to sponsor him ourselves, he's going. We're sending him. <laughs> I appreciate that, Noodles. I appreciate that. All right, I got one question. I don't think we've spoken. Andy, we, we, we brought it up uh, before you were on, but there's a story behind you cutting your salad. Like, what, what happened? Like, what, you know, did you make a decision? Was it a conscious decision? Because, you know, you and I were texting. I thought it looked great. You looked a little bit like Rod Stewart for a second there, but it was like more <laughs> like, what, what happened? Like, tell me. The listeners need to know. Okay, so... Uh... I'm just going to, I'm going to be super blunt here. You know, I, I'm down here in Los Angeles and one of my closest friends who also grew up in LaSalle, Ontario, him and his wife lived down here. And he was telling me, he's like, Hey man, next time you go get your haircut, you got to go to see this guy, this guy in West Hollywood. I'm like, all right. He's like, this guy's like the Picasso of cutting hair. He's unbelievable. So I'm like, Oh, this sounds like kind of a cool vibe, you know? So I was actually heading back to Toronto, um, for the premiere of the, of the one show there. And I'm like, you know what? I could use a, I could use a trim right now. It's getting like, I like it out of control, but I could use a little bit of a trim. So I stroll into this place and like the feng shui in here was second to none. I'm talking like black painted walls, like skull and bone style stuff on the wall. I'm like, Whoa, where am I? That kind of energy. And the dude was like, yo man, I got this sick vision for you. So I'm like, screw it. Let it ride. Let it ride. Next thing you know, he kept saying, I think I got to go a little shorter. And I'm like, bro, I'm not Picasso. You are. You do it. And then I ended up looking like, as you said, Rod Stewart. But to be honest <laughs> with you, I was pretty amped. I was pretty amped about it, dude. And when you wow. said that, I didn't, I'm not a diehard Rod Stewart fan, but I did feel like that was a very accurate description. I did like the Bono circuit, circa 1980s as well. And it got me amped up because it's short, so I can control it now, but it's still like fun, you know? It was awesome. It was awesome. It just caught me off guard. And as you know, Jay Onright likes to surprise people, and he surprised me at the end of the show. That's why it kind of caught me off guard. But I just needed to know there was a bat. Like, you just walked in there and was like, you didn't say take it off. You just said do what you want, and that's what you came out with. I mean, yeah. I, I, I know it sounds like a little absurd, but, I mean, the vibe was right. And he was like, I've got a vision, and I was told this man is Picasso of cutting hair. So, so I'm, dangerous, like, I'm not going to tell Picasso what to do. <laughs> when someone, says, you know, when someone not... says to you they got a vision, just hold on and let them cook. Man, we've yeah. seen how that went this year. <laughs> and i got to go shorter. i got to shorter. You sure? We're going shorter here. I don't know if you panicked at any point, though, Luke. I mean, my hair is my crown and glory. If it started to go shorter, shorter, and I'm just seeing it fall on the ground, I would have a panic attack. You know, there was a moment where I'm like, we're going there. But then there was also like, I don't know, when someone does something with such supreme confidence, 
I'm like, this guy is legitimately cooking right this now. This guy like, was, was Al's brother it. of cutting hair, Luke Wilson. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, we haven't spoken to you in a while, and it seems like there's so much football news, especially today. But why don't we just go back a little further and, and talk about Lamar Jackson? Like, it's been well-documented what's going on here. Like, for you, is this the owners trying to reset the quarterback market? I don't think so. I, I think the Lamar situation is, is very, very, you know, unique to just itself. And, and what I mean by that is there's a lot of different things at play here. You know, and, and I definitely side with the pay Lamar team. That, that's the side I want. I want to be very clear before I go into this. But – I was. I had a cup of coffee in Baltimore last year. It didn't last very long. I, I try to erase that memory for me. But I was in the building for five or six weeks. And I would say from a locker room standpoint, I can promise you that every guy in that locker room loves Lamar. So that's something I don't maybe think the Ravens are taking into effect. However, if you look at what they've done in the past for success, and what I mean by that, we're going to go back a few years, but – you look at when they won the Super Bowl, I, I want to say it might have been 2011, if that sounds right, somewhere in that time frame. Joe Flacco was a quarterback, and, and Joe was a good NFL quarterback. I'm not saying he wasn't a, a very good NFL quarterback, but he was not at the time. I mean, maybe his contract was very high, but he was not like a guy that you talk about, like a John Elway, you know? They kind of have this identity, like when you think of that Ravens team, I think of Ray Lewis, I think of Ed Reed, and and I think that they're kind of leaning that way as an organization. You know, you look at how big these quarterbacks' contracts are becoming and what Lamar deserves, and I think it's a question of, like, their philosophy in Baltimore. Do they want to pay a quarterback, regardless of who it is, a crazy amount of money and then not be able to have, you know, certain guys in their defense they'd, that they'd like to have? You know, they went out and got Roquan Smith, at the trade deadline this year from the Bears, and clearly that worked out. This man was an absolute freak for them this year. And I think that's partially where the Ravens come from, is that they're just a very defensive first-minded front office and coaching staff. But now the flip side of that, and like I said, this is the camp that I land in, with the rules of the NFL right now and how things are trending, you need to be able to score points. Like, the days of having these defenses like the 85 Bears are, are, are slim, slimming down. I'm not saying it's not possible. I would say, again, I'm biased, but our 2013 Legion of Boom in Seattle was up there. A couple years later when Denver won it, their defense was obviously extremely, extremely good. You know, But you kind of look at this year's Super Bowl, and I was guilty of this You know, doing the analysis before the game. I was like, man, this Eagles team – has got almost as many sacks as the 85 Bears. Like, blah, 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 this Eagles, this Eagles defense is sick. Certainly didn't look sick in the Super Bowl. I'll tell you that, the guy absolutely shredded. And, and my point of this is, like, I sit here and I think that Baltimore's got to realize that they're handcuffed. And meaning, like, it's not, okay, we can get someone else and we can load up this defense. There's no one else. Like, we're seeing this time and time again. When you get a guy like Lamar Jackson who can really do it all, you need to pay him because the idea that you can just find another Lamar Jackson or you can find even a Lamar is better than this, but an extremely above average quarterback in this league is very, very hard to do, you know? And, and then the next point is even if you get a guy, 
even if you get a guy that has had success, let's look at my guy Russell this year in Denver. It's not always apples to apples. So now all of a sudden you get a quarterback to replace Lamar, you bring him in, and there's going to be a new OC there. It's a very different vibe. Owings Mills, Maryland is a very different place. It's not apples to apples. So I really think that Baltimore is kind of handcuffed. I get that they might want to like go defensive or whatever, but you look at Lamar, he's incredibly well-loved in the locker room. Guy's a dynamic playmaker. He's underrated throwing the ball. I, I don't understand why they would not want such a talent leading their team. Luke, you got Rodgers to the Jets, Jimmy G to the Raiders. I mean, even the Bears trade the first overall pick to the Panthers. Like, what moves do you like the best? You know, I think that the the Bears are absolutely cooking right now. Um, I, I love the trade for them. And, you know, to me, this is somewhat of a make-or-break year for Fields. The Bears certainly looked horrible beginning of the year. They certainly looked a lot better towards the end of the year. And now all of a sudden, you know, you got the Canadian cat there and Claypool, who hopefully will be kind of their big body guy. DJ Moore out of Carolina, who they just traded for, is a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. And you look at what he's been able to do with really no quarterback or no stable quarterback in Carolina. Like, I'm telling you, this guy is very well respected across the league as far as his talent goes. So now all of a sudden you've got a couple high picks and you traded the first one. You've got Fields, who's another guy that can use his legs, and we need to see him kind of develop throwing the ball. But offensively this team should be loaded as far as weapons go, and they've had a very, very good run game um, with two backs that can really tote the pill. So to me, like that, that team is, you know, I'm not saying they're Super Bowl ready by any means, but they should be a lot better and when you have a run game as dynamic as that, and now all of a sudden you have guys who can really catch the ball, if Fields can develop in his throwing game, they're going to be very, very tough to stop. Luke, help me understand. You, you mentioned DJ Moore. Help me understand this from a Carolina Panthers point of view. So you want to get the first overall pick because you need a quarterback, but now you essentially traded your star receiver, a position you were already pretty thin at, so what's this quarterback who's going to come in? What's he supposed to do now? How is that going to make this team any better? I mean, Frankie, you got me there, man. <laughs> I have no idea. Right? I have no idea. What are we talking and, about? I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> I mean, and I get that like they played better after they traded CMC, but it's kind of like the same point where I'm like, you know, you just – Traded away Christian McCaffrey. We saw what he did in San Francisco this year, or as I call them, Santa Clara 49ers. And it's like, now you're going to take your next guy who hasn't even had, like I said, a stable quarterback to really develop like that kind of chemistry and the minute details that go into those types of relationships. And it's still balling. You're going to let him walk. And kind of going back to the Lamar point where it's like, it's not easy to be a quarterback in this league. And, Every there's guys that are obviously in the top five there that everyone thinks are going to be good, but there's still kind of question marks about both of them. It, it's going to be a very tough situation, you know. It's going to be a very very tough situation. And the next thing I'll say, which I, I kind of thought was a bit strange, is no quarterback post Cam Newton has been able to really have success in Carolina, you know. And, and to me, 
maybe that's on the players, but as a former player, a lot of that is on the situation. You know, I, I look at and I, you know, I got to drag the Detroit Lions while I'm on here. Of course, I look at Detroit. <laughs> yeah, when I was growing up, you know, I was a diehard Lions fan growing up, and it was like we seemed to never be able to develop draft picks. And, and I'm talking about the only guy that really had some success there in my mind was like when I was a kid was like Roy Williams. Now down the road, obviously Calvin and Matt Stafford. But before that era, it was like, oh, we got a first-round running back. And then it was like, oh, we got a first-round linebacker. Of course, before that, it was Joey Harrington. And you kind of wonder, like, well, how come none of these guys really panned out? And if you don't have, like, a support system and a very, very good coaching staff from top to bottom, not just a head coach, but your quarterback coach, your offensive coordinator, who's got a very good feel for players and situations, in developing these styles, you know, rookie young players, it really don't matter how good you are <laughs> because it's the NFL. Like, you need, at that age and that level, you need coaches. This isn't, and, and again, it's good and bad, but like I always say this, it's not basketball, it's not hockey where it's like there's no fluidity to this game. You get a play call from a coach and you're hoping that that play call is in an Puts you in a good situation to succeed, and then you go out there and execute it. Okay, you know? so and if you're not prepared, you're you get screwed. And so I do get very very worried for whoever gets drafted by by the Panthers. Okay, so you're you're talking about coaches. So who helps their team more? Jalen Ramsey, and I know it's different positions, but Jalen Ramsey under Vic Fangio, or is it Jimmy Garoppolo under McDaniel's? That's a, you're coming with some fire questions. Yeah, um, really. To me, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna have to go with Ramsey and Fangio. Um, and and the reason I say that is because I have this is gonna get a little little football technical here, boys. Hang on, hang on for this one. But <laughs> Fangio to me has has been an incredible coach in a lot of ways, but he's also really. Um, left a mark in some places that have not maybe been great. And what I mean by that is from his coaching tree. So Fangio in his style has been very, very unique. And if you look at it, there's been a ton of teams that have adopted, you know, his general principles of playing defense because I've never was coached by Fangio, but the rumor is that he's just like an absolute defensive genius. You know, even Seattle, there's a new coverage that's really getting a lot of popularity in the NFL called Cover 8. And, and this is really a, a Vic Fangio-style ball. But a lot of this cover eight, there's some holes in it, which he was able to mask with a very good D-line, specifically back in the day this Ram style used to play it. was Aaron, he, Aaron Donald was like the key to making this whole thing work. I, I know it sounds weird because I'm talking about coverages, but it was like Aaron Donald could do so much that it would free up other positions, if that makes sense. So... Now, all of a sudden, Fangio, who's got this like great defensive guru mind, and you've got a guy who's as talented as Ramsey, you'll be able to really shape that and be like, okay, we can leave Jalen on an island and do other things that are very, very creative. Where I look at like a Jimmy G, and he's a good quarterback, but he's not an elite talent like Jalen Ramsey is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like it. Luke, love it. Uh, enjoy the rest of NFL free agency. Appreciate taking the time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
There you go. That is Luke Wilson, TSN NFL analyst, who's going to hop on that bike and do some more cycling. He's the Frankie. best. What a beast. Yeah. You, you, had, you had a lot of football questions. You yeah. <laughs> we, we, well, we've said this before, question. right? Like I know you guys share with your listeners and viewers that we have our own little chat. And we let yeah. each other know when the other one wants to. It was just one thumb up after another from Frankie. He's like, move out the way. <laughs> yeah, it's all this right. This is a one-on-one with me and Luke. Wait till, wait till Zucchino comes on. Yeah, I don't, you could I, have Zucchino. Like, you could do all the golf talk. That's great. And you were little Jerry King here, which was fine, too. It's not a problem. But, like, like Luke, you were stumping Luke, which was great. I mean, those were great too. questions. Yeah. But, uh, uh, listen, I'm you. just here for the ride on a Monday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we do have more. We have literally a two-second segment coming up because Frankie did the epic sit-down interview yeah. with Luke. But we do have Zucchino and Chris Johnson as well. Still to come on Overdrive.